0: I was, I was going to start by saying, well, your front line is when you leave this place, uh, because most of us believe the same thing. And, but in fact, maybe there's someone here, you're our front line, and we're unashamed about wanting to bring you into the kingdom of God, uh, to know Jesus as your personal saviour, and then to be sent out into the world to make a difference. Uh, we're a people that's sent. We're a people that come and worship on a Sunday, but then we want to go and, and be on our front line, wherever that is. And, and further the cause of the kingdom, the plans and purposes of God. And God needs healthy Christians. Christians are passionate about his word and about his name uh, in the world. So, um, we should have the first slide up, I think. That, there it is. Look at no, that. Looks good, doesn't it? Um, I'd like to say I did all that. i I, did, I do the words, but um, Dave... Uh, Dave Lodge does this for me, so I'm very grateful for all the colour and stuff. But fruitfulness on the front line. Remember what we said, front line is, is those instances where you're among non-Christians and uh, you have a chance uh, to be a good witness or not such a good witness. And We had the introduction, we've looked at uh, character, and today, this morning, we're looking at uh, how you can make an impact with your work. And it's not only paid work, it's whatever work you do. Work is defined as... Uh, uh, anything that's not leisure. Um, so, a lot of you are volunteering, but that's work. And we're looking at the attitudes uh, towards that. When I was younger, um, uh, I hadn't left school, uh, but my brother, who's three years old, than me, left school. He left school in 1981. I don't know if you remember 1981. Uh, the Human League were number one with Don't You Want Me Baby. And I remember thinking, why would anyone want a baby? I don't know what he's singing. Uh, but, um, but also around there was all the strikes and there was three million unemployed. Do you remember that? It was a really, really bad time. And my brother uh, left school and um, he'd had this Saturday job, which I eventually took over. Um, and he said, oh, I'll do that for a bit. But he stopped doing it and, and uh, he wasn't really working. And my dad was a worker. I mean, he, he, you know, things got broken. He fixed them. You know, the Hoover would be in bits on the floor, and he, he, he was very, very good with his hands, total, I'm total opposite to, to him. But my brother didn't get a job, and, I, and he was started to claim dull money. Remember, it wasn't called Job Seekers then, it was dull money. My dad said, no son of mine is going to claim off the state, which is basically me paying my taxes, my dad speaking, go out and get a job. If you don't, I'm taking all your dull money, and that's your rent. You will not get free money. You have to go to work, because that's where you're going to get pride and a bit of self-fulfillment. And I guess my dad, I remember thinking, he's quite harsh, you know. Space Invaders was out, and you could have spent all day doing that, I suppose. But, but, um, but he made my brother go out to work, and I, re- I always regretted it, because he went to work for a print factory, Um, Before computers and our own printers. And he used to come back covered in paint and it really stank. I mean, it's awful. And we'd sit down and all have our family dinner and it was horrible. And he was earning less um, than he would have got had he stayed unemployed. My dad said, I don't care, you go out to work. And it's important, he said at the time, for a man to go out uh, to work. And uh, as I say, I thought it was harsh, but. I think what he understood was was that to sit around all day doing nothing is not good for you. And and although you wouldn't have been seeing it from a Christian perspective, it does lead nicely into what I feel God is saying this morning. Biblically, work isn't just what you get paid for. It's everything that isn't recreational. It includes all the small jobs that all of us have to do. Uh, Loading the dishwasher. I mean, I don't mind loading a dishwasher. It's the getting it all out and putting away stuff. Uh, that I've done. I think it's a challenge when you've got a whole kitchen load of stuff that I will get that in. And um, Andrew's just bought uh, another 20 glasses, I kid you not, because the amount I've broken, uh, put them in the dishwasher, but they were rubbish glasses and you, know, you get what you pay for. It's not my fault, I didn't buy them. Leave it there. Um, uh, or, or you've got to do the washing. You can get, oh no, I've got to do the washing on the iron or whatever it is. Or cutting the grass or bringing children up. I mean, that's that's hard work, to be fair. Um, And God is interested in all of it. God is interested in all the work we do in the church. So it's not just your paid work or the paid church people. It's everything. It encompasses everything that you do that's not leisure. And even on your front lines, when you leave this place, and remember what Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. You Now the church scattered is its most effective. We come here to worship and be encouraged. And be refilled with the Spirit, but then we're sent to make a difference in the world. So your front line, even when you don't have a job, there are things you can do, the way you do them, as if it were for God himself, which it is, which we're going to come on to. As if you, if you get the attitude that everything we do is for God, it's for the Lord, then it should change our heart and outlook on how we approach it. It could be that you're down the gym, And Andrew and I have got this new thing. Uh, When I say Andrew and I, Andrew is making me go to uh, a spin class on a Friday morning. Uh, For different reasons, I haven't managed to go the last two Fridays. I don't know why. But I will get there, and I'm sure she'll get me there this Friday. I keep coming up with other things that we ought to be doing on our day off. Um, But one of the things they do, there's a little bottle. You know, you're in there. You've done all the hard work. Stockbrook are very, very intelligent. They get you to clean up. Uh, you say, so they say that to pay people, so you give you a little squirty bottle, and you have to squirt the seat and the handlebars. You give it a little wipe, and you think it's nice for the next person. But you could just walk out. You could just walk out. No one's in it, so maybe it's wiping the sweat off once you've once you've worked out or put the weights back. Um, on, the, on the, you know, the weight rack I like to do that because I don't want anyone to see how light I'm lifting so I'll get them out of the way as quickly as possible uh, maybe you put the towels in the wash bin maybe it's walking along the street there's a big campaign from some press at the moment about picking litter up and everyone taking uh, personal responsibility it could be all these things they're not leisure time things, if you like. I mean, the spin class apparently is described as leisure. I find it a lot of hard work. But certainly clean up after yourself. But being honest, though, I guess most of us don't really believe the things we do on a day-to-day basis, uh, possibly, these, even the little things are important to God. But they are. They really are. And, and I, again, I, I feel God saying, you can make a difference in these things. So if we can have the second slide up, please, uh, Dave. So does God really care whether, whether I'm in the dealing room in the city or arranging uh, the teas and coffees at church or the way I put biscuits on a plate, um, how I conduct myself at the supermarket? God is interested in all these things. The answer is yes. And the Bible is clear. And this makes it very, very exciting. It says, Paul says in Colossians three twenty three to 24, whatever you do, so there's no compartmentalizing here, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. I mean, if that's not motive enough. Whether I'm stacking chairs here or getting the communion ready or you're going to your workplace and your family's loading the dishwasher, unloading it, breaking the glasses, wiping the sweat off the exercise bike. Whatever it is, I've got to do it as if working for the Lord. And It, it changes my whole attitude. It changes. It seems to me this verse is talking about the heart. It's not, I shouldn't see it as a burden. It's an opportunity to serve God. If Jesus really walked in here today, Ian, go and clean the toilets. I'd do it, of course I would do it. But If one of the elders came in and said, Ian, we've got to save a bit of money, go and clean the toilets, I probably wouldn't have the same attitude. But all of it is for God. All of it is for God. I'm not volunteering to clean the toilets. I just want to make that clear It's an illustration. Okay. So it's uh, working for the Lord. And, and the benefit of that is I get an inheritance. This is, this is good. I'm, 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 I can't earn my right to be saved by God, I can accept it by it's by grace you've been saved. Um, but I can I can feel His pleasure as I do these things. It is it is Christ you're serving. That passage says. Um, I got to, when I first started uh, in the city. I was only sixteen. Left in 1984. Unemployment picked up by then. My brother had graduated from his print job, so the dinner table didn't smell so much. But I got a job in in London. And I was a junior, and I was a junior in the international dealing room, um, which, when I say junior, uh, it was very junior. You got the sandwiches, I sent the telexes to confirm the trades, and I had to do all these other jobs which were really good, like clean the dealer's shoes. I mean, I used to hate one of them saying, clean, can you clean my shoes? i say, yes, hoping no one else would hear it. And then the 20 others in the, in the room would ask the same, or get the teas and the coffees. And what I noticed about these people in the dealing room, who seemed to be doing very well for themselves... Was they approached their work with real efficiency and professionalism. They took it really seriously. They rarely made mistakes and uh, they really committed themselves to it. And I thought, what can I do as a 16 year old to even compete with this? You know, I'd left a local comprehensive with five O levels. Um, you know, one of those was in art, which I love art, but it's not really a city sort of O level. Um, the other one was technical drawing, which is the same rules apply. So I was only left with three, and I probably made them up, but I didn't. That's fine. What could I do? And so I used to get this job about making the teas and coffees, and um, I remember thinking, I'm only going to let them ask me, tell me once what tea and coffee they want. Now, these are the days before the skinny flats and big whites. And all. I don't drink coffee, so I've got no interest at all. But it used to be, literally, black or white coffee or tea, sugar or no sugar. But I wrote them all down. Uh, so we've got these 20 people. And I wrote everyone down. So the next morning when they said to me, make the teas and coffee, and I said, oh, no, no, I know what you want, sir. I remember from yesterday. And, and I remember them being impressed. And I thought, it was just something really small that I learned that I saw them do. They were very efficient. They didn't have to be told things twice. They did. It cost the firm money. So it was really, really important to do well. Now, I can't say that was from a godly perspective. I wasn't a Christian then. But I think it was a a fairly godly attitude. So Paul says, whatever you do, it's not 20% of what you do is for God, or 50%, or 80%. It's 100%, whatever you do. And it's not just that. It's not just whatever you do. He says, in everything you do, do it with all your hearts. It's the attitude, isn't it? It's to the best of your ability, with integrity, diligently. So, for Paul to write that, and they're words of God, work must be significant to God to ask you to do it with that attitude. So, therefore, as a Christian, I must treat work, anything non-recreational, as significant to God. Why is it significant? Why is work significant? Why is whatever you do significant? Why is Paul saying these words? We have the next slide up, please. Why does work uh, matter? It's God's intention that we work. Uh, some of you might not like to hear that. Uh, some of the, the Christians in Thessalonica didn't like to hear that. And Paul had to write to them. No, you're supposed to be working. Uh, this is the non-recreational stuff. Not just paid work. It's whatever you do. So, right at the beginning, we can see it matters to God. You see God's work in creation. You see God working. Genesis 1, He created the heavens and the earth. The earth is formless and empty. The Spirit of God, right at the beginning, the Spirit of God is there. It's hovering over the waters. And there's light and there's darkness day, night, water, sky, evening, morning. Then there was the land and the sea, the plants and the fruits, the vegetation, the trees. Then there's the lights in the sky put in there to serve as signs for seasons and days. Then the waters were to have creatures in them and the sky would have birds and the land would have living creatures as well. And only after all of that, in Genesis 1, one twenty six, day 6, God creates man. Adam, he did all this other stuff first why didn't he do that on day one, I wonder? When we, uh, when we were about to have Kaylee, uh, we didn't know she was Kaylee then, we didn't know she was a girl at that point, uh, but I did probably the last bit of DIY I ever did um, when we, we did up the, um, what do you call it, nursery. It's been a while. Um, the nursery, and Andrew and I um, um, were to put the paper up on the wall and we was doing all this brushing and all that. I pretended I knew what I was doing. I was plumb bobbing, and had things, I had a brush, and I was doing all this. And it was probably all upside down, but it, it, went, up, it went up, and it was all okay. We got, we got the nursery ready, and then we went out and bought some clothes, these little cute clothes. And I remember getting the little baby grow, you know the baby grows? And you put them on the baby, and they're all nice and warm. And I think they should do that for adults. You know when you want that one idea that's going to make you a lot of money? I did nothing with it. 20 years later, the onesie appeared. I thought, I thought of that years ago. Didn't do anything with it. Anyway, uh, so we got, the, we got the clothes ready. We got the bottles ready. The sterilizer was there. I love a bit of gadgetry, so I tried that out. That was good. And the cot, we got the cot and we put the cot up. I think that was one of our first ever arguments. Um, Andrew came round to know that I was right, but, but uh, we, we struggled with the cot, didn't we? Um, but and anyway, the point being, we create an environment ready for the baby to flourish. We didn't just think, well, we'll bring her home, dump her on the floor, and think about what we need. Okay? We wanted to create this environment for the baby to flourish. So God, uh, in creating uh, the heavens, the earth, and, and, and then the earth, and it was formless, and the spirit of God, and the animals, and the birds, and the sea, and the sky, and the stars, and the moon, everything else. He creates this environment, and then... Welcomes humankind. It shouldn't be, it's obvious to us, isn't it? He creates his environment, a context for humans to flourish. And Earth stands alone in providing this. We're always searching uh, for the, you know, there must be life beyond Earth. We've never found it. Um, it's, it's, it's the heavens and the Earth. There's, lo- there's loads, of the universes and galaxies are vast beyond our possible imagination. But God has created the earth for human beings to flourish. He doesn't just then put them anywhere in a desolate, unwelcoming place, in the same way I wouldn't have put Kaylee in a desolate... and we put the heating up and you get it warm and it's nice and that's all good. He puts them in this place called Eden. Eden, it's called Eden. It's the Hebrew word for fertile garden of delight. That's what it means. This place comes with clean air, fresh water, food to drink, animals to look after. Most importantly, God's presence to enjoy. He wants humankind to flourish in this environment. And one of the ways, he says, they're going to flourish is that Adam and Eve will flourish by working. It's right there at the beginning. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. It was right there in God's intention at the beginning to give some purpose to help it flourish, to work at it, to release its potential. Eden was perfect, but it wasn't mature. There was work to be done, and work is that instrument that God uses to get things done. We're the body of Christ, literally, and he uses us to get his work done here on earth. Of course, we know they get it wrong and they rebel and it's not all easy. And then in Genesis 2.19, by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food. They've got to work in it now, but they've still got to work. It is still part of God's plan. Eden was perfect, but there was work to be done. Our world now, thousands of years later, is far from perfect. And so, of course, there's work to be done to make the world as he would want it to be. And if you think about it, it's a natural inclination for us to get things ready, isn't it? I can tell you our house, uh, and probably all of yours as well, becomes a hive of activity should we invite someone to dinner. (laughs) Because normally, I'm going to confess, it's a little bit, we're all right, it's a bit messy sometimes, not often. But when someone's coming around to dinner, dettiles out, there's spray going everywhere, and we're wiping everything down. And they come in, oh, your house is so lovely. Yeah, you know, it's like this all the time. (laughs) We all do it, right? Because we're getting ready for our guests. We've got a dinner party. We want the house looking good. We want to create an environment that people will enjoy. You know, as a leader in the church, I see my role to create an environment under God's direction for other people to flourish. Work is God's instrument to get things done that he wants done for the benefit of people and to his glory. That's what Mark Green from the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity says. You know, when I'm a leading in the church, you know, the team will come up with ideas. I'm normally the one as well with ideas and we go off all sorts of tangents. But what we really expect, we have to discern from God what his plan is. And then he puts us to work. And I say to the team... You know, you can't expect excellence, but you can expect excellence in attitude. And if you say you're going to do something, then do it. If you say you're going to be somewhere, be there on time. Don't let people down. If you say you're going to lead a group, then lead it. We love releasing others to flourish. If you come to us with an idea and we'll say, that sounds great, but can you take ownership of it? We can't take on anymore. We want to release other people to do it somewhere else. But take ownership of it and let it flourish. So the example that we've got from very at the beginning, Garden of Eden in the world now, God intends for us to work. He wants us to work diligently in everything you do, do as if for the Lord. Everything you do, do it as if for Christ. God's if as an example, God wants people fed. We all like our food, don't we? Sunday afternoons especially, nice Sunday roast. Yeah. Uh, probably go back to my kitchen, which be spick and span. I don't know if we've got any guests, but if we have, it'd be really clean. He wants people fed, but if you think about what does it take to get people fed in the modern world, in the modern economy, you need farmers to do a good job, to really work hard. They need good seed. We need good fertilisers. We need reliable tools. We need distribution systems to get the produce to processing and packaging facilities. Then you want drivers to transport it, shops to sell it, cooks to prepare it. God provides the sunshine and the rain, but there's a lot of people involved in their working lives to work at it to achieve the goal of simply getting people fed. You see how God can use all those things. It don't have to be sacred and secular. We can be all sacred. We can work in the secular, but we can do it in a sacred way. That front line that all of you have, whether it's paid or unpaid workplaces... It needs to be for God's intention and his desire for humans to flourish, and it has big implications. The wrong motive or heart. Time's up. Put off at a Baptist Union assembly, get a minute, and then they turn you off. Um, And then you have the, the opposite heart. You begin to resent. Uh, the work, this job's too menial, I shouldn't be, I should be doing something else, should be promoted, should be demoted, whatever it is, it's just a job, and I get no joy from it, or I've got no intention of helping, even though I can see help is, is needed. I read this, um, I can't remember where I read this, it um, must be in the newspaper, but it was only this week, and it was a man, uh, he was a psychologist, and he said there's this condition amongst humans, which is let someone else do it, but he called it something really much more academic than that, but it, but it basically means you see something that's wrong, but you don't do anything about it because no one else is. So you just stand by. But as soon as someone else gets involved, uh, then all of a sudden everyone gets involved. And he got on the tube train. Did anyone read this? He got on the tube train, and he said, "When I've got it, you know, you get on it, and you, you know, you're a little bit nervous, and you know everyone's looking at you because you're the new person on the tube. So you have to make your way quietly to your seat or stand up." He said, "But as soon as I got in, it really smelled." And he noticed that there's cans of lager, empty ones all on the floor. Some had been spilt. There was smashed glass, red wine all over the place, dirty crisp packets and McDonald's wrappers. And everyone was like, oh, it smells, it stinks, it's horrible. And he sat down and he said everyone was kind of moaning about it and shrugging their shoulders. And he, he just said, I just fell. Instead of moaning about it, I've got a carrier bag in my, in my, in my uh, case. I'm, I'm just going to pick it up. And so, he, uh, as the train started moving, he got up out of his seat and uh, he started just clearing it up. He'd got some tissues. And he said, by the time he'd finished, 10 other people had joined him. They'd all been on the tube when he got on. He said, even when we got to the next station, someone else came and just thought, oh, this is what we do, and started clearing up the carriage. You know, and he said, we got so much benefit and joy out of it just by doing something but people stand back and they don't want to get involved they don't want to do that extra bit of work what we're looking for in the in the hearts of believers is that godly change of heart to see this these things these opportunities ministry on the front line to make a difference for God there's a city firm uh, a few years back called mf global anyone heard of mf global and, um, well, they, they, they went bankrupt and they took a lot of uh, client money with them. And, of course, the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority, said we need more regulation because the city had gone from fairly unregulated to very, very heavily regulated now. We need more regulation. Uh, but they were, they were wrong in this case because the regulation was there. The regulation was separate client money from your firm's money so if you're gambling the firm's money don't use the client money to gamble so that if you get it wrong that is protected the law was there the rule was there they just ignored it they just ignored it and so the auditors then got put to shame because they were the ones who were supposed to give but that's a whole other story but it wasn't more regulation you can you can get to a point you can over regulate and rely on a rule book so in what the FCA, they recognised this. They said, well, we're we going to move it. So when I first started, if my firm said I was ready to trade, then I was given a yellow badge and they'd call it authorised. And I'd be sent on the floor to the Florida stock market and trade. Um, but if I got it wrong, my firm took the brunt of that, uh, the, uh, the, the, the fallout. You know, they would have to honour uh, what, I'd, what I'd done. And the FCA recognised that for people... Because the thing is, you can cheat. The own rules and regulations are, you can cheat. If you want to personally do it, you can. If I know a big order is coming in the firm, and I walk out and go to the toilet and leave the building and ring my mate up and say, you want to buy some of these shares, I'm just about to go into the market and it's going to move the share price. You can't regulate against that. You know, that's personal responsibility. So what the FCA did, they said, we're going to put it onto the person. So the firms get done, but a person gets done as well. Because they said, we've got to change the ethos. We've got to change the attitude. We've got to change the heart. And, and I think they were right. You know, it's got to be a personal responsibility. When NHS staff are not looked after and not managed well, and we managed with care and concern, that will impact the people in the hospital beds. Patient care will suffer. If the police are not respected or, uh, and helped... Um, then society suffers. Uh, it applies to every sector of work. If it's not done well, people suffer. Work is important. So the application in life for us, uh, let's go back to God's work in Eden. How can we mirror some of that today? I've got some examples. If you think about it, God created order, You know, there was nothing, then there was something, and then he spent these days making uh, the things that were going to provide this environment for people to flourish. Well, you can create order. People do create order. There's wastelands that are becoming housing or farmland. There's cleaners that will go into a hotel room and clear up to make it ready for the next person. You could be out litter picking. Um, Personal responsibility, that making a difference, uh, getting the earth... Ready for God to come back. It generates provision. That's the other thing that work does. Uh, we love. Uh, I love when I work. People pay me, um, and it creates things that I can do then with that. But it, it provides provision. It's good for us. It makes you feel. When I, I don't like gardening, but when I cut the grass and get my stripes level, I'm really pleased. I tell everyone about it. They get really bored. Um, <laughs> it brings joy. It brings joy. When i cut the grass, I'm happy. I love it. I mean, it's the only thing I can do in the garden. I'll do the feed and weed and I'll get all that stuff. And when it comes up green and some, I'm really happy. Or if someone bakes a cake. You know, they're working. I they say they're baking a cake for the church. They're working, but they've done it because it produces joy. Okay? Um, I go into the garage. Somebody, somebody, well, I'll tell you it was. It was BMW, made my motorbike. And I go and I just look at it. Because I like it. And I think that brings me joy. But someone works for that. And then because I work, I was able to pay for it. (laughs) Um, Kaylee, as you've heard, is unwell at the moment. She's been signed off work for for a fairly lengthy time. And uh, she is boring us already because she's so bored. She's not working. She wants to work. In her case, she can't do anything, uh, which she's had years of practice. But she's really got it off now. Um, But that's a bit unfair. It's a bit unfair. Um, but she knows she is frustrated because she, she wants to be doing something. I'm not saying she wants to rush back up to London, but she wants to be active. She wants to be doing something. Uh, we're supposed to be at work and it can bring joy. It creates beauty. You know, we've got flowers and there's decorating, not much in this church, we've got the brick still, but you know, decorating your homes and everything else, a decorator will come, in. he's got a choice whether to decorate to the best of his ability, to use a godly attitude that will do the the best I can. I remember once we had decorators in, and um, uh, the bloke said, when I leave, it's as good as it could ever be, Um, and I remember saying to him, I love hearing that, he's going to do the best he can, we had all these unruly walls and bobbles off and it's all like it's horrible isn't it but but we put the wallpaper up and he did a good job he said it's as good as it's gonna get that's a good attitude to have I think just think about all the things that you do in everyday life and the way you approach them and the way that can be a witness to other people provision joy beauty order we can all do that I remember uh, I told you my brother had a Saturday job and I took it over uh, from him when he uh, when he went and got his print job and uh, I was only 13 then. My dad sent me out to work at 13. I really wanted to go, actually. I only got a pound pocket money a week, and this was paying £7.50 for the day's work on a Saturday. And I actually really enjoyed it. And I used to like, you know, you used to have the gun then, didn't you? You know, with the, remember that, the older ones among us? You know, the, 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 the you know, all the sticky, like one pound sixty would go on there whatever. And you had, you know, you put it all on. Do you remember that? I used to like put, I had a whole row of biscuits, all the top right-hand side so it's all even. And then I'd stack them, make sure the labels, because I took pride in it. And when I looked, I thought, that looks good. I remember one time, who remembers Hoffmeister? Follow the bear. Remember that? Well, okay. Well, there's this lager called Hoffmeister. And there's an advert, follow the bear. And that's what I was doing. Anyway, I had to, he said to me, Get the Hoffmeister. And the manager put the Hoffmeister on the shelf. So I was carrying these things up from the base. I was only 13. I've carried that. one so big and strong now. And I got it up there and I put out the cans. And I had it. And I thought, this looks amazing. Look at that. You know, I've got Carlin, Hoffmeister, you know, ciders. It's all immaculate. There's not a gap on that shelf. I said to him, Mr Skinner, because it was Skinner's supermarket. And in fact, they came from Billericay. Um, this was Raynham. Little fact that you didn't need to know. Um, LAUGHTER and I said, look at, the, look at the thing. I said, look, it's all... He said, that is, he said, you've done really well. I said, oh, no, someone's took a can. It's spoiled my display. He said, I don't know if anyone's broke you. This is the purpose of things. People walk into the shop, they buy it, they take it, they go to the till. But I really enjoyed making it right. Do you know, at 16, when I left school, before I got my job in the city, they, uh, it had been taken over by then. They said, well, you can work here until you get you know, a proper job. And, you know, I look back, I was, cut, I was ordering the sides of pork and I was cutting them, I was 16, so health and safety. I was putting all, doing the things, doing the bacon, boiling the bacon, using the bacon slicer, all these things. They made me provisions manager. I tell that often at dinner parties, don't I? I was provisions manager. It lasted about three weeks I've got my job in the city, but I loved it. Um, or me as a leader and a preacher, to do the best I can, that excellence in attitude for the team. You know, if we have staff meetings, I encourage them to be there on time. I'm not sure why I have to encourage them to be on time, but I do. I tend to be organised and encourage, raise others up, prepare well. That's my function, to produce other ministers that are going to do a good job, my part to play. But all of it is for God whatever you do, Paul said, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Remember that's what we said at the beginning, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. If we can bring that into all of the things we do that we call work, it will make a difference. It's not to be obsessed with work. It's not to be that I worked the most hours or got the most sleep because then you just burn out. We're not working for a taskmaster to burn out. We're working for a dad who cares how I go about it. He cares about my attitude. So it's diligence, the hard-working, reliable, competency, and careful, but also with love in my heart for God and his people that have served by my efforts, and the same for you wherever you go out from this place. You may or may not love all of your tasks, and that's fair enough, but you are called to do all of the tasks you do out of love for others and gratitude for God's overwhelming love for us. It's a massive difference to know that God is with you in all those daily tasks and that he'll resource you. And there is a personal concern from God who's looking at all the things we do he's interested go back to Genesis 2 19 now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky he brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called each living creature that was his name you see he was interested he wanted to see he brought them to the man he wanted to see what he would do with them he's interested he wants to see what I would do with my life my work and the same for you God is interested in what you do and what he's given you you see his interest to see what he would name them. He's interested to see what they did, what he gave them. And he's interested in your talents and your gifts and your freedom, your opportunities, the resources that he's trusted you with. And it's your ability in cooperation with God that will use them for those missional opportunities, both in, in within this building the other buildings in your workplace in the task that you have your leisure it's all your front line godly work is good work uh, done in a godly way for god and it's not separating that sacred and secular and the way to do it in a godly way is to work it with all the strength that he gives you and and for all of it for his glory and the responsibility uh is is on us because finally god inhabits he's in us by his spirit and so therefore, we need to let them come out in our workplaces. If Jesus put it like this. This is interesting. I've never picked up on this before. In the same way, let your light shine before others. They may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, what, the thing that leapt out at me this week, they may see your good deeds. Not see you. See your good deeds. They want to see the things that you are doing. Brilliant. Your deeds are important. Jesus Uh, wants your work and your task to result in people praising God that's what he says there in Matthew 5 to get to a point and I did have someone to do an illustration they've not turned up this morning but um it's not their fault we shouldn't we shouldn't um judge them but I'll speak to Tracy Champneys when I next see her unless she's here and then I've totally missed her and then I'm, I'm a bad pastor. But she was talking to me about this story. I'll let her share it another time. But wouldn't it be great if, if whenever we did say someone would say they must be a Christian just because of their attitude and the way they work. It should radically change us, you and me and our work and our tasks, The right attitudes um, you know, don't you, if you've, invited someone for, uh, if, you've, if you've been invited around somebody's for dinner, they might take you to a restaurant. It could be a really expensive place, and they might have put all the best cutlery out if they're at home and they have done it really, really well, but you pick up if they don't really want you there. You know, you think, well, it didn't seem right. And equally, you can go for a cheap takeaway with somebody, and they're just so hospitable, they can't do enough uh, for you. It's about the heart. It's not about just doing the task, it's about the heart of the task. And I'd, in, I'd encourage you to invite God into your daily tasks and work, just to see what will happen. Um, I remember doing that in the dealing room years ago, and I had amazing results. He blessed me in ways that I couldn't have imagined, just really by starting to tell the truth, believe it or not, because we used to lie to get business And uh, and I became someone that just wouldn't lie. And so the clients would say, well, if Ian says he's got this order, then we know he's got it. And he really blessed it. Um, Whereas before, um, maybe I was a bit, you know, we try and coerce business in, and and it wasn't blessed. It really made a difference. Just imagine the difference you'll make in your life as you honour him in your workplace, all those different places, whether it's paid work, church work, secular work, whatever. It's all sacred. Let me pray for us and the worship team will come back up. Father, we thank you that your intention is to bring the sacred into everything, including the secular. And I thank you, Lord, that we can come to this place and be encouraged and equipped and hear from your word and worship you. And all of that is really, really important. But I pray, Lord, also we'll recognise that we are sent people and that we have a frontline ministry moment we walk out these doors. I pray for all the opportunities that you will give if we ask for them. And I pray your blessing on everyone here, that they'll be excited about their faith and the work that you can do uh, in them. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.